Okay, it is uh, April 19th, recording another episode of the Come On Now MMA podcast. Uh, this one might be a little longer than normal. I'm going to look at um, an interview that Ben Folks did at The Athletic with Dr. Zachary Binney or Biney. I do not know how to pronounce his name, so if I got it wrong, I apologize. He is an epidemiologist at Emory University, and uh, he had a he has a lot to say about specifically holding a UFC event and how to make it as safe as possible. So, go over what he had to say to Ben folks. Um, so, uh, but first thing is uh, he says you can't ever do anything 100% risk free. But the goal is to get that risk risk down to an acceptable level where the benefits outweigh the risk. So his idea for how that would be done in the UFC is pretty complicated, has a lot of moving parts, has a, it's going to have a lot of cost to it. Um, and this is what he said um, to Ben Folks about holding a UFC event during the pandemic. If you're bringing fighters in from all over the country, then you need to have a plan that treats them all as coming from the most dangerous area. You would need to probably move every fighter to somewhere in Vegas or wherever you're doing this. You would need to move every fighter there. Then they would need to be isolated individually. You need to wait about a week and then test them. If they're negative, you would want to wait another week and then test them again to make sure they're still negative. Then you'd want to move them as quickly as possible into a separate quarantine zone. So... You're looking at two weeks of quarantine, two tests before you move them to the separate to another quarantine zone, and then that zone is going to be the zone where they would go to the fight. So it's two weeks, and then move them to the quarantine zone. So that is complicated, and if we're looking at a May 9th event, the UFC needs to if it plans on doing this, needs to get on it right now. Um, so I don't see that happening because we don't know where the event is. And I don't know if the fighters know where the event is. So it's hard to imagine that that this detail is going to be taken by the UFC for the May 9th fight card. Um, so, and then once they get into the final quarantine zone, this is what um, Dr. Binney says. You have to take a lot of steps to maintain that zone. Any deliveries that are coming and have to be thoroughly disinfected. You have to have places for the fighters and the broadcast staff and medical staff and everyone else who has to be on site. You have to have places for them to live, to train. You need the actual facility to have the fights. You need to have security to make sure that fighters and other folks aren't sneaking out of the quarantine zone without then going back through the two-week process to make sure that they are virus-free. It's really hard to set up a truly closed system. A lot of think a lot of people think it's just you go stand just outside the quarantine zone, you get tested, you're clear, they let you in. That's not sufficient based on the situation that we have on the ground right now because there's too high a risk that somebody has a virus that they just acquired it out in the world. So as you can see here, it's not just the fighters that have to go through this two-week, two-test period before they go to the final quarantine zone. It's everyone that's going to be involved with the fight card. So that's an, 
a costly move and it's an inconvenient move. Are you going to have the cameraman in there? Um, anyone that's in the building has to be has to be go through this quarantine. I don't think the UFC is going to do that. And another thing you notice here is that he says you don't just go stand outside the quarantine zone and get tested and you're clear and they let you in. That's exactly the way Daniel Cormier described it when he was talking about uh, UFC 249, I believe. He, his description was that you were going to get, um, he didn't say tested, I think, I believe he said scanned and then let into the building. And then he didn't mention anything post-fight or he didn't mention anything as far as quarantine even for, you know, a day. Uh, the way Cormier talked about it was he was going to drive down, get scanned, go in and call the fights, and then drive back home. No mention of quarantines. No mention of really anything except that single scan, which is alarming. And I know a lot of people assumed that Cormier meant that he was going to get tested, but he didn't specifically say that. So my suspicions are that I don't know if he's going to get tested, if they if they were going to get tested. I don't know if they were going to get tested or if they were just going to get a, their temperature taken. That's a big if. Even, even if they're doing that one little thing, it's a big if. Are they going to get tested for coronavirus? We don't know. But from what we, from what Cormier described and what Dr. Benny describes here, they're a world apart, a world apart. And that's, if I'm a fighter who's booked to, to uh, compete on this May 9th event or even um, someone that's going to be working in that building, I'm, I'm alarmed, I'm concerned, I'm wondering, am I going to, to get sick? Because from the sounds of it, what the UFC had planned for UFC 249 is uh, does not compare to this. Benny also just sa says um, the the isolation period is not akin to what we are doing in our homes right now. This is what he told folks. It's got to be more intense than that. They can't leave where they are. Any Anybody that they're with, if they're isolating with their families, their family members cannot leave that house. They have to have everything delivered to them and everything that's delivered has to be completely disinfected. The only time they should have contact with another human is if it's necessary for the COVID-19 test itself. So that limits training. That limits what they can do with their coaching team. There's a that puts a lot of limits on what what these fighters can do while they're in this two week quarantine period before they move to the final quarantine area. So, how easy it is it going to be for them to cut weight in this scenario? How easy is it going to be that for them to 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 prepare properly for a a fight? And for for six of these athletes on the May ninth card. Those are title fights. Those are five-round scheduled fights. So how, how are they going to prepare while they're self-quarantining for two weeks if the UFC follows this process, which, again, does not seem like they're going to. So um, a lot of moving parts. So the, another thing is that is discussed is how the fighters are going to get to the uh, where the event's held. So here's what 
um, the doctor has to say about that. One is even if there are a few cases in the area where you're holding the fight, you could be bringing people in from areas with a higher number of cases, and that adds danger. The other is danger is somebody getting infected while they're coming from wherever they are to Las Vegas or wherever. Flying on a commercial airplane right now certainly would add risk to that. You come in contact with a lot of people when you're going to an airport and getting on a plane, even though it's fewer people than normal right now because fewer people are flying, but the risk certainly isn't zero. We're advising people not to fly if they can avoid it. Driving is a safer option, possibly depending on how many times you're stopping, what you do when you get gas, if you're going out to get food, that sort of thing. The only way to be close to 100% would be to do that pre-isolation process I've been talking about in Vegas or in whatever city the event will be. And then as soon as their isolation period is over, you put them on a bus that's been deep cleaned with a driver who has been through that isolation process and is known to be virus free or maybe who has a confirmed immunity to COVID-19. And then you move that fighter directly into a quarantine area that does not allow anybody who has not been isolated and tested for two weeks inside. Otherwise, anything you're going to do adds risks. So how are these fighters going to get to uh, the final destination where the fight is going to be held? And that's pre-two-week um, pre quarantine. We don't know. Um, we know that some of the fighters that were involved in, in UFC 249 were going to fly. Others were going to drive. The driving, as it says here, the driving, the fighters that were driving were probably be going to be at much less risk than the fighters that were flying, but um, both things were going to happen, so there was, was definitely risks involved. And the doctor says, and I think Ben folks talked to him, um, he talked to him sometime last week, and he says if they wanted to follow this process that I've outlined, they would have to start today, essentially. We don't know if that's happened. We're going to assume that it's not um, because we we haven't heard anything as to where this fight was going to be held or, or who was going to sanction it. So we don't know any of these things. But we know that if the UFC wants to make it as safe as possible, they're bumping up right up against the date to do so. And here, here the, the next thing that's discussed is uh, if this makes sense as far as uh, medically and uh, medical care facilities. And the doctor says here, until you have unlimited testing for the general population and the medical system is in no substantial danger of being overwhelmed in the short term, it's really ethically questionable to be diverting any of those resources to restart professional sports. There's also the danger of if a UFC fighter has to be transported to the hospital, that's dangerous in two ways. It could further overwhelm a hospital that's dealing with a lot of COVID cases, or it could put that fighter at high risk for contracting COVID-19 in a healthcare facility because we know that that's one of the ways the disease is transmitted. And this is a big concern, I think, for most people is, is a May 9th event, would it take uh, precious resources away from a medical facility if a fighter has to be transported for any type of injury. Um, I, I'm with cases still going up some places. Uh, I'd have to believe that this is is going to be a continue to be a concern. So I don't understand why anyone would want to take this risk. 
Uh, it puts the fighter in danger. It puts a strain on the medical facility that the fighters are transported to. It increases risk of coming down with COVID-19. It's all around just a bad situation. And if, if the facility that the UFC is going to use is not overwhelmed right now, we don't know what's going to happen between now and May 9th. That facility could get bombarded with, with COVID-19 cases in that, in that period. Um, as far as this pandemic goes, the number of days between now and May 9th, that's, that's a lot of time that something could go wrong. There's also a lot of time where something could go better, but to you've you got to plan for the worst here, not, for, not, not assume that things are going to get better. Plan for the worst, be ready for the worst, and that means that a injured fighter is going to go into an overwhelmed medical facility for for uh, pretty much no no real reason other than to entertain some people. That's kind of well, that's definitely not a good thing. I I don't, and that's why I'm against this. One of the reasons, rather. I don't want to. I don't want to see an overtaxed system become even more taxed for a fighter um, that didn't have to be competing. We have enough problems with dealing with things right now. We don't need to tax a system for entertainment's sake. It's kind of, it's a bad look for the UFC. It's a. It's and it, it does no one any favors. Um, and. The last thing that the doctor discusses here is forecasts, and this is what he has to say. I'm reluctant to offer forecasts because people hear it and then they think of weather forecasts, but the difference is if the weather forecast says there's a 70% chance of rain, the weather gods do not care one whit whether or not you brought an umbrella that day. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain, but infectious diseases are very dependent on what we do. The actions we take can change the forecast. Then people might say, Oh, the experts were wrong. It wasn't that bad, but it will because we be because we listened to the experts early on, and we avoided those worst case scenarios, and it's better than the alternative. So, what I take away from this is um, the forecasts are a worst case scenario more or less. But if we um, self quarantine, if we wear masks, if we wash our hands multiple times, if we avoid as many risks as we can, those forecasts are going to be wrong and they're going to be wrong on the good side, which is what we want. We want these forecasts to be wrong. We don't want to be, we don't, we want to have less illness, less death. So by doing um, what we can on our own and in front of this, we, we, we decrease the likelihood. A, a UFC event where people are driving in, are flying in, are not going to be quarantined for two weeks or three weeks before the event. All of that increases the likelihood that someone is going to fall ill, that someone's going to stress the medical system. It's not good. It's not ideal. Um, the fights should be avoided until science says it's okay to bring them back. And that's what I want to see. I want to see science say, okay, you're, you're not 100% safe, but you're safer than you were in the middle of March, in the middle of April, in the, at the beginning of May. You're safer than you were 
And if you take these recommendations, if you follow this policy, you can be even safer. You'll, you won't totally be 100% safe, but you'll be a lot safer than if you don't follow these policies. So that brings us to the UFC. And what are the policies? What is the structure? What are What is it going to do to make sure that this is safe? Sure, Dana White can say he has this figured out, but but what does he have figured out? How, does he have how the fights will take place figured out? Because that's the easy part. All he has to do is find a commission that will allow him to hold a fight. That's that's easy to figure out. That that's you know that's his job. Those are the problems he has to to go through on a regular basis. Finding a place to hold the event. Now, if he thinks he has the safety figured out. From what we're hearing from this epidemiologist, and is that he doesn't, he he doesn't have the safety figured out. Daniel Cormier said he was going to get one scan. That doesn't tell you. That doesn't make me feel safe. That just lets me know I'm getting scanned, and I'm going in the building. Sure, there's going to be social distancing in there, but what does that tell me? That I was not ill, or I didn't have a temperature. A, minutes before I walked into the building you could still be carrying it at that point and so could everyone else in the building so to, 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 for Dana White to say he has this figured out I don't know how he can say that I mean I, I hope no one gets ill if they do continue with this event but from reading this and from reading what Daniel Cormier said about UFC 249 and Dana White not telling us anything about safety protocol I'm going to I'm um I would like I'm not going to say I'm going to be surprised if someone gets sick any someone that was in the building or working at the event I find it hard to believe that 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 everybody's going to be safe and if they if they uh, leave there without falling ill, anybody, uh, you know, I think it's more more luck than it is the UFC doing the right thing as far as safety. So it's a kind of a frightening time right now if you're a fighter, a broadcaster, a production crew member, uh, a judge, a referee. Um, anything, anyone that's going to walk into this building that this May 9th event is going to be held at. Um, so, kind of scary. Kind of scary. Uh, again, if you want to read that whole story, it's on The Athletic, and it's written by Ben Folks, and it's called An Epidemiologist Weighs In. Here's how the UFC can return amid a pandemic. I would encourage you to do so. Um, and really think about what's said in that story because it's it's kind of alarming. Okay, let's take some time here and talk about these uh, calls Dana White is going to have with fighters about the coronavirus pandemic. One took place on Friday, one will take place on Monday. Um, and MMA Junkie had the news here um, about the Friday call. So here are the highlights that were, were covered in that call. Uh, fighters don't have to fight if they don't feel safe. 
White's participation in Trump's coronavirus economic task force. Locations are secret. Fighters who had fights that were canceled will get first dibs. If anyone is struggling, please reach out. Coronavirus catch weights and lack of cornermen. Uh, so let's just talk about some of these. Fighters don't have to fight if they don't feel safe, which, okay, that might be true, but a lot of these guys, due to the UFC's pay structure, don't have much choice in this. Um, so if they say no, they don't get paid. And then you also have to think, what does the UFC do about that? Do they hold a grudge? Because we know the UFC can hold a grudge. So if a fighter says they don't feel safe, what's the pushback going to be, if any? And these fighters aren't aren't dumb. They know the UFC has already announced these fights for the main ninth card. So they know the expectation is that the fight card will continue as it has been laid out. And like I said, we know the UFC can hold a grudge against fighters. We've seen it. So... There is that um, White said about the uh, economic task force that he had some non-public details from uh, Trump's task force that would that that were encouraging. I don't know uh, what what to think about that, but we've all seen, you know, Trump say one thing one day and another thing the next day. So I wouldn't put uh, any guarantees on that. The locations are secret. Uh, which is kind of frightening because now you don't know where you're traveling and we've gone through all this again, which is just ridiculous. There's no reason to be a, for any of this to be a secret. Um, the, the media is not trying to shut these events down. The media just wants to see safe fights and safe fighters. Uh, White will spin that and and try and damn the MMA media and act like the media are the ones that are shutting down these cards when it's the science that is shutting down these cards. So the, the media, I mean, there's been there's been furloughs and there's going to be layoffs. People are going to lose their jobs on, because of this pandemic because there are no live sports. So what is there really to cover? So um, to, to say that the media is behind any of this is ridiculous, but it allows White to paint the media in a bad light, which he is, uh, which he loves to do. But we know that. Um, the meeting with Nevada's governor, I wouldn't put much stock in that, since uh, Governor Sisolak said that science is going to determine when Nevada opens back up. So that's uh, we'll see what happens there. Fighters who had fights that were canceled will get first dibs, which is all well and good. But if you're feeling a little unsafe about this and traveling and fighting during a global pandemic, which I believe you should feel a little worried about, you know, do you want to have first dibs at that fight? Do you want to be a, be a, a test project? I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, but I'm, I'm also not in a position where my bank account's depleted and I need that check to, to live, to survive, to keep my house, to feed my family. And a lot of UFC fighters are are in that position right now. If, if these guys aren't fighting, they're not getting paid. So the longer it goes without, without fights, 
the the more desperate they become and the more likely are they are to accept a fight even if it's under unsafe conditions so not a not a good environment to be in not a good not not an envious choice to make um, if anyone is struggling please reach out which and that's good but it's good for white to uh, offer that but i would counter that with these fighters should be be offered a, they should have been offered a stipend um they should have been paid their show money for the fights that were postponed so i don't think they should need to reach out i think the ufc pay structure will force some folks to reach out but the pay structure we as we know is broken um there's not many other athletes who don't get paid unless they're competing. Um, so it's the UFC pay structure is broken. It, it needs to be fixed. They shouldn't fighters should not be paid just when they compete. Um, it, it it keeps them tied to the UFC. It makes them accept fights that they normally would not accept if they're injured, if they're unhealthy, if they're in a position where maybe they should be taking some time off, they really can't because without a fight, you don't get paid. And if you turn one fight down, there's no telling when you're going to get offered another fight. So the coronavirus catch weights, White said he was probably not interested in that, which is fairly ridiculous. Um, these guys cannot train properly. Why would you make them try and cut weight in an environment where they can't even train properly? Before the fight, um, I mean, I would almost encourage, as ridiculous as it sounds, I would almost encourage everyone to come in um, heavy and then every fight would be a catch weight. But that uh, there's a lot of trust involved with that, and I don't know if I would trust, if I had an, a verbal agreement with my opponent, I don't know if I would trust them, you know, coming in um, at the weight that we agreed to uh, to make a catchweight fight. So kind of kind of risky. Some other things that White said is that uh, medical staffs and hospitals will be readily, be readily available for our event, which great, but you don't know the staffing situation at those hospitals or medical centers. You don't know if they are inundated with COVID-19 patients, you don't know anything other than that they're going to be available. You don't even know how far away they're going to be or, or how you're going to get there. Uh, so that they're available, okay. But what under what circumstances? What, what's that look like? You don't know. None of the fighters know. I guess Dana White knows, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't even have a location for this ninth, May 9th card yet. So that promises uh, a little iffy. Uh, the goal is to have fights every Saturday starting May 9th. Again, that's, I think that's a lofty goal. I'm not even 100% sure that the May 9th card's going to go off without a hitch. So it's good to have goals, but the goal is uh, it's, it's up in the air right now. And uh, UFC trifecta meals from the UFC Performance Institute are on hold, but the issue will be fixed soon. That's kind of 
I mean, these fighters want to eat properly. And not, if they if they relied on the trifecta meals, which I don't know the uh, percentage of fighters that do, I, I, I mean, if, if you offer me free meals provided um, during my training camps or at any times, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take you up on that because that's one less thing that I as a fighter have to worry about. Um, and that's under normal circumstances. When you add to it uh, a pandemic where you're probably ordering your food out for in for delivery anyway, these, these pre-prepared meals, um, that's a great thing. Uh, but you can't get them now. So now food's another thing that fighters have to worry about in addition to all their training and uh, whatever they need to do pre prepare for the fights. So um, nothing, none of this is ideal. So one big thing missing from the discussion that White had with the fighters mm -hmm. on Friday was there is no mention of COVID-19 testing, which would have been my first question if I was a fighter. How are you going to make sure I am healthy and safe um, to compete if I'm on the May 9th card? What's the testing protocol? What's the uh, how how fast are these results going to get back? What's what's happening after the fights? You know how are you making sure that I'm safe? And if the answer is I got to figure it out, that's not good enough. Um, I, I if I'm a fighter, I need detailed uh, and uh, preferably written protocol on how this is all going to go down. How how the UFC is going to keep me safe. Um, so that wasn't mentioned. Another thing that I would have liked to see mentioned is since these calls are, from what I understand, with all the UFC right roster, um, what about unemployment? Can you help me walk me through um, getting unemployment as a, as a 1099 worker? What steps do I have to take in wherever I'm from? And from what I understand, um, 1099 workers, if they have a Social Security number in the U.S., and have filed taxes under that social security number, they are avail um, They can get at least some relief um, uh, from the from unemployment. But uh, why why can't the UFC help help these fighters get that? They should be. Um, the UFC should help. The management team should help. This should not be a secret that it's available. UFC should be doing everything it can to get money in these fighters' pockets. Uh, including giving them a stipend and helping them get unemployment relief. Um, I don't know if that's happening. Not, it's not mentioned here. So I know Bloody Elbow has a uh, story on it, so fighters can search on that. Uh, Luke Thomas has discussed it, and I don't know. He pinned that tweet um, when he on his uh, Twitter, so I don't know if that's still available, but no, Luke Thomas discussed it. Bloody Elbow has a story about it if the UFC is not helping because um, the money is there, so why why wouldn't the UFC fighters go after it? Um, so there's a there's, there's there's just a lot a lot a lot of problems associated with this May 9th event and with the UFC right now. Uh, a lot of concerns, a lot of issues that haven't been uh, ironed out, and it's just alarming. Um, I would hope that by the time May 9th rolls around, this is all sorted out. The fighters or are safe. The UFC has told us what the safety protocol is. 
and we know where the fight's going to take place. We know the athletic commission who's going to oversee it. We know the medical facility that the fighters are going to be transported to if needed is, is safe and not overwhelmed. Uh, it's just so many questions, so many questions that need to be answered. It's, it's, it's very alarming. It's very concerning. And I still don't understand why the UFC insists on being the first one back when the science has not um, said, okay, you can do this safely. The science has not said that. Um, so I prefer to go with the, with the science over, that, over what Dana White tells me. Uh, call me crazy. Uh, but I think that I'm going to wrap it up. Gone over a half hour. I think this is the longest I've gone. Um, I encourage you to, like I said, read Ben Folks' story. I encourage everyone to look at the unemployment information that Luke Thomas and Bloody Elbow have um, spoken about, written about, and as far as fighter pay and changing that um, and how it can be fixed, I believe I'll have something on Bloody Elbow on that um, in the next day or so. So also watch out for that, which... Um, so that'll be there. So a lot to think about. A lot to think about before May 9th. Um, hopefully everyone's concerns can be dealt with and we can have a safe fight card if we're going to have one. But the jury's really out on that and a lot of it depends on what uh, the UFC and Dana White are going to say about their safety protocol. So I will be back tomorrow. Um, maybe I'll go this long again. Hopefully not if I bore you. But we'll be back tomorrow with something. I'm sure something's going to happen. I have some other stuff I still want to talk about, but I don't want to drag it on for today. So until tomorrow, stay safe. Stay safe.